Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. Now let's quickly take our declaration and then we'll take our seats. Then we may rise up in a short while again. I hope we do. Alright, quickly, once let's go, now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing Him in all respects, I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His will. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. All right, the Lord is good to you. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. The Lord will speak to you this evening. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. And if anything is wrong in your life, the Lord will correct it today. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. I said spirit, soul, and body. Every affliction is removed. Amen. Every confusion is straightened out. Amen. Every provision is supplied. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Okay, now we'll sit down for a few moments and um, hopefully, the, sit down please. Hopefully in a short while we will rise again to begin to pray. Um, we are still continuing on the walking or the workings of prophecy. What we have been trying to explain is the fact that when prophecy is given, we are supposed to give it, we are supposed to activate it in our lives. When prophecy is given, we are supposed to activate it in our time. The fact that prophecy has been given does not mean it will come to pass automatically. If God says, I'm taking you out of Egypt into a promised land, you can refuse to go. If you are going to go into the promised land, you have to obey the instructions of Moses. You will have to do the things that Moses said to do. You are going to face challenges. You must refuse to back down. Challenges are put on your path towards your promised land. One of the reasons being to test whether you want it or you don't want it. God does not give valuable things to people who don't value them. Did you hear what I said? God does not give valuable things to people who don't value them. I like the way Bishop Oedipo used to say those days. He said, your sense of value determines the flow of virtue to you. Your sense of value determines the flow of virtue. If you don't value it, it doesn't flow in your direction. That's the way it works. So sometimes what God does is to put something as an obstruction, deliberately allows it, not just, I don't want to use allow. He instructs and says this thing should stay there. And let's see whether my son will be willing to overcome that. Let's see whether my daughter will be willing to overcome that. So he says, I'm taking them into the promised land, but leave the giants there. Leave the problems there. Let them see the giants. And then determine whether they want the promised land bad enough to want to believe God for it. Or they will say, if God wanted us to have it, why didn't he declare the giants? Let's go back to Egypt. Many people actually love bondage because freedom is actually costly in its own way. Did you hear what I said? 
Many people love bondage because freedom is actually costly in its own way. Because with freedom, you are held accountable for all your decisions. You have to decide what is right, how to obey God in your life. You cannot say somebody else okay, is responsible. That's the truth. And in our, we've been talking about our nation specifically. The truth is that many people who claim that they want freedom, they want prosperity, they actually don't want it. Because some of the places they are going to, those guys will want to see every cover you earn. And they decide how much of tax you will pay from that. We don't like that. We don't like that. I mean, of course, I drove to get here. And again, regularly you see the irresponsible way people drive. We don't like order. If they put order there, <laughs> we will revolt against it. I hope you're getting my point. You know, a friend of mine said something to me, where a chat led to, uh, sorry, uh, something led to it, we were chatting. He said, if this, if this is in America, he said, they put these cameras that catch you if you beat traffic. And then one day he got a message with a link that he beat the traffic light, so you go and pay a fine. So they gave him a link to the video that caught him beating the traffic light. He said, next election, we voted them out. <laughs> I said, oh boy, in America too, you guys don't want to obey the law. He said, thank you. Nobody wants to obey the law. He said, we only do it there because if you don't, they are going to catch you. <laughs> I said, all you need to do is stop beating the traffic light. No. They voted to remove those cameras. Ah, when we don't see police, let's get away now. Police now put camera then they were catching people. He said, listen, he said, we voted. He said, we voted against it. They had to remove the cameras. And I was surprised. I said, why would you want to do that? The camera is just there to make sure you don't beat the traffic light. Human beings. That's one reason why people don't like true freedom. But when they are in bondage, they will complain morning, afternoon, and night. In Egypt, they complained. God said, okay, let me now take you into a promised land. They, they saw giants. They said, no, we can't go in. Let's go back into bondage. Many people are like that. Freedom has its own costs. It does. And most people are not willing for the cost of freedom. Now, so, we're explaining that prophecy, therefore, must be activated. God wants to see whether you want that thing fulfilled in your life. Faith involves, and that's the truth, risking your life on the promise of God. You really don't believe. People think that to believe means I have absolute confidence and I never have any doubt. Okay, that's possibly true, but you don't need to get to that level to show that you really have faith. Sometimes faith is just risking your life on the fact that God says something. And don't worry about it. Life is a risk anyway. Don't think you're doing anything special. Being alive is a risk. What am I going to say? We should all be willing to risk this life on the integrity of the word of God. What impressed God about Abraham was that even though Abraham had never heard of anybody being raised from the dead, he was willing not just to offer his, his son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. He was willing not only to offer him as a sacrifice, but to offer him as what? A burnt offering. You know what they call a burnt offering? They don't mean that you forgot the rice on the fire, then you burn. You say, who's burning food there? That means you just burn for five minutes. And then the smell of burnt food fills the house, and you quickly put off the fire. 
A burnt offering means that you leave the fire on until everything is burnt to ashes. And Isaac was supposed to be a burnt offering. And Abraham reasoned that since God said in Isaac will your seed be, then he must be willing or he must have a plan to raise him again from the dead. So he sacrificed Isaac. He was willing to do that. On the, on the faith, let me just use the word faith, in the integrity of the word of God. That if God says it, it cannot fail. Now please remember that he didn't just come up one day and decide to start believing such things. God had trained him, we calculated the other time, for a period of at least, how many years? 60 years. 60 years, at least. 60 years. Because we say, let us assume, just for the purpose of argument, that Isaac was um, 35 years old, even though the rabbi said he was about 37. But just for the purpose of argument, let us say 35. And he, God called him 25 years before the young man was born. So, tied together, that comes to about what? 60 years. So that's 60 years of training. God trained him to believe God. God trained him to trust his word. And the time came in which God now said, okay, risk everything on my promise. I'm going to say something here again, that God expects us to value something before he will do them for us. It's just about placing a value on it. And for Israel, the way they were going to demonstrate the value was to face the giants. Joshua and Caleb wanted it so badly, they were willing to face the giants. Joshua and Caleb, they, so they really wanted it. There's a bit of desire, okay, that goes, no, okay, let me put it like this. There's a side, a factor of desire that goes with faith. That is, do you really want that thing seriously? The thing about Christianity is to select the things that we really want. I hope you're getting my point. But intense desire goes with faith. It goes with faith. Joshua and Caleb wanted that promised land. How do I know? You see, they were so focused on the good things in the land. They forgot to consider the giants. They said, what about the giants? They said, God will take care of that one. But, oh boy, that land is what? Is good. That land is good and that land is ours. Thank you. That land is ours. That, that's how faith works. So this, they were willing to, in quote, please let me use the expression again, risk their lives. So if you don't value something, God probably won't give it to you. The truth about Christianity is we are learning to value the things that matter. We are learning to value the things. That's what Christianity is. For example, now, we are learning to value the life after now more than the life right now. So we are willing to sacrifice this one for the one that is over there. So Paul said, to live is in service to Christ, but to die is real gain. I hope you're getting my point. That death is gain for us as believers. We are not afraid of death. We are not. We are not. Paul said it clearly. He said, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He said, to die is to depart and be with the Lord, which he said is what? Far better. So in Christianity, we are learning. Okay, on Saturday, we've been teaching about that. That what we are doing actually is shedding off the old, you know, the clay, the flesh of clay, to bring out the real substance. That this clay was given to us so that the real life of God can be built up. We are like, I mean, our bodies, our flesh is like the, it's like the cast into which you pour the molten metal to form the real image. So the body is in the image of the thing you want to create. And we said that Adam was given a body so that he will look like Christ Jesus. The real thing that God was building in Adam was Christ. Please, I hope you're getting my point here. So let's get back to the issue of prophecy. Prophecy is that God has spoken something and is asking us, do you want it? He's asking us, do you want it? Last time we said, anybody that wants this country, 
Now, I'm giving you the word of the Spirit of God again. No, we're talking this time around with focusing on the issue of Nigeria. Remember that? Okay? And I'm giving us this word again. It's by the Spirit of God. He said, this is your country, Nigeria. If you want it, I will give you. That's what he's saying. He said, if you want it, I will give you. There are those people that are showing that they want it more than Christians. And what God is doing, and I'm happy I'm part of the people that is given the assignment to do that, is to build desire in the people of God. Otherwise, he will give it to those that you don't like. That's the way it works. Because it's those who want it that I will give it to. I know a lot of times, God will give small of it to some people. Then they use that small he has given them to abandon it. And then many times people will now stay far away, hoping that it will spoil. So prove that they got out in good time. But I have news for you if you are like that. You will be disappointed. Amen. You will be disappointed. Amen. Do you know why? Because there are people. God is just counting. You see, God doesn't need one million. doesn't need, you know, half a million. I don't know the exact number. But he's counting. And listen to me. I have a witness in my spirit that not that number will soon be complete. Amen. He's counting people that really want it. And them he will give it to. He will give to. Many people don't want it. Every time they have reasons to show it is bad. There's one illustration. Unfortunately, I don't have any cash here. I would have loved to do that illustration. No, I've seen it a number of times. You take maybe a thousand naira. You dip it in sand. You understand? You spit on it. Literal spit. You know, spit. Okay? And it's really dirty. You squeeze it and you throw it there. And say, the first person to get it, keep it. Do you know how much people rush for it? They won't say, you spat on that money. Eh. You know, good enough money is a bit water resistant. You push it in water, you shake it like this. All your spit will wash into that water. He says, it's been squeezed. What is it? We straighten it. We straighten it. And then, of course, if we're still looking dirty, we'll go to the bank and deposit it in the account. The bank will never, they will never reject the money. It is their job to collect it and give us the full credit. If I bring 1,000 dirty 1,000 naira notes, how much is that? That's 1 million naira. And all of them are dirty. I will go to the bank and dump it. The cashier can like food mask, like coronavirus mask on your face. You will count my money. Once it's not counterfeit. And you will deposit it in my account, which is not my account really, it's your vault. You also credit my account. Then I'll come back after five minutes, collect, clean. <laughs> One million there. Clean. And you can't charge me a dime. Clean. I hope you get my point. That is the reason why we rush for it, even though it's dirty. Because we know what? The value. If I, if I wrap, uh, let's say, 50,000 naira now, and drop, you know those gutters that are not, you know, drop it inside. <laughs> and I'm not going, I'll be filming there. You know people will enter the place? Uh, is, it, is it true or false? Cover their nose, dip their hand inside. It will be covered with black slime. There's no problem. They'll go and shower themselves and the bundle. Why? They know the value. The dirt on the surface does not discourage them. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. The problems in the society doesn't discourage them. They know the value. The fact that you know, power may, be not, may not be constant does not discourage them. The fact that one thing on the other is not working doesn't discourage them. They are going for what? The substance, the real value. And I'm giving you the word of the Spirit again. He said, this country, if you want it, I will give you. That word is being spoken to two people. One, the church. And then every believer. 
One, God is saying to the church in Nigeria, I pray they get to hear this. If you want this nation, I will give you. You must understand that nations are given. It's a gift of God. You know, nations are not built by people. Though. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? It's God that gives. There was a time Babylon felt, Nebuchadnezzar felt he built Babylon. So he bragged about it and God removed him. But he still had good use for him, so he kept him aside. He said, watch from a distance. And he saw the nation grow bigger and stronger. And now he realized that the statement he made, that this is Babylon the Great, that he built with the strength of his might. He said, no, it's not true. It is God that rules in the affairs of man. It's God that builds the nations. He will remove one nation and bring another group in their place. He took the, um, the, 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 the land of Canaan that had the, give me their names, Hittites, Amorites, Jebusites. Give me one, if you want The Hivites, thank you. The Canaanites, you know, there's another group called Canaanites. All of them descendants of the same Canaan. And then he removed all of them and replaced them with the Israelites, mostly. The Philistines also came from a place called Kaftor, and he put them in there also. I hope you're getting what I'm trying to say. So, the land belonged to him. He gave to a new, a new, a new group of people, a new nation. And they had houses that were well built. They had cities that were well built. They had vineyards. He said to Israel, you will live in houses you did not build. I hope you're getting my point. Let me say it to you again. God said, if you want this nation, I will give you. I will give you. And when he says to you, if you want it, you first tell him you want it by mouth. Then next, you will come in and you will find what? What do you find? What do you find? What do you find? Giants. You will find giants. You will find enemies that seem like they don't want to let it go. But this, this is what the Lord is saying. Just stand firm. Prove to me that you want it. Prove to me that you want it. I won't mention this, but I'll give you a few examples. I have two people in mind. Both of them became very wealthy people in this nation. And if I mention their names, you'll know them. One of them, somebody said, this man staked his, his whole empire on the success of Nigerian's democracy. And he became great. I won't mention his name because we are streaming live. That the way he invest, invested money when Nigeria, in 1999, right? 99. 99, 2000, That if that democracy had collapsed, eh, he would have been wiped out. He would have been wiped out. You'd be amazed until you started shouting a man like Ali Kudangote. Most of his investments were in Nigeria. It's in recent times I started going out to other African countries. A few years ago, the man said he didn't have a house outside the country. But you know, you give some small, small boys. Equivalent of $2 million. They have bought a house in Angola. They have bought one in Dubai. One in London. One in America. They are now paying taxes with the little... Do you get my point? They are not even earning enough from there to pay taxes on the house. They do not come and tell you that why is government helping them? Go to God, say, I will, God say, I will have made the government help you too. If the $2 million I gave you, you too had invested it somewhere. He said, restore our captivity, O Lord, as streams renew the desert. Then God said, no problem. He that sows in tears... Shall do what? Reap with joy. He said, they go forth weeping, bearing a bag of seed. He said, whoever does that, will doubtless return, bringing the harvest with him. Then, 
When I read that, it struck me. What was God saying? They say, restore our captivity. The land is dry. God said so in the land. That was what happened to Isaac. So when you say you want it, what God is saying, what are you doing to show me that you want it? I give you half a million dollars equivalent. You've scattered, you know, Bible says, <laughs> I'm looking at a particular scripture now. I think the Proverbs chapter 5. It lets, why should your springs be scattered abroad? The people who have scattered their investments all over the place. And I'm not campaigning against anything, no, eh? but we carry the money to go and invest in cryptocurrency. And I'm looking at people. I just shake my head. Restore our captivity, O Lord, as streams renew the desert. He that sows in tears will reap with joy. What is he trying to say? By the time you are sowing, the two things. Number one, the seed, you don't have much of it. Two, there's a lot of risk involved. When people were running to Egypt, Isaac too decided to go to Egypt. Then God stopped him and said, why are you bothering to go? Stay where you are. And the Bible says Isaac did what? Sowed in the land. Now, listen, this was the land in which he was running away from because things were t- tough. Now, can I show you of one thing? He got cheap land because everybody was running to Egypt. Distress sales, thank you. Even if his long lease alone, he got it cheap. Then the little seed he had left, he poured it all over the land. And the same year, he reaped how many? A hundredfold. And he continued to get richer and became greater until everybody else became, began to envy him. They started renegotiating the land they sold to him that time. Life is not a game of chance. God moved people away for the sake of Isaac. But Isaac needed to say to God, this is important to me. Isaac needed to say to God, that's the point I'm trying to make. God is saying, now listen, I'm giving you the word of the Spirit. If you want this nation, I will give you. God is saying, if you want it, I will give you. Two sets of people, or two persons, let me use the expression, persons. He's speaking to. One, the church. He's saying to the body of Christ in Nigeria, if you want Nigeria, I will hand Nigeria to you. Two, He's talking to his children, individual Christians in this country. He said, if you want the country, for your own case now, it will be different sectors of it, different segments. If you want, I will give. It's not just about saying, hey, Lord, I want. That's the beginning. He will stop you and say, Isaac, where are you going? He said, I wanted to go to Egypt. He said, don't go there. So in that land. I said, they are getting nothing in that land. He said, so there. <laughs> The rain is not really falling much. It says so there. And you look, want to sow. I have only two hectares. The Lord said, look again. Then you look. Then you see your neighbor arranging something. What are you doing? Two hectares for sale. Ah. Look on this side. The other neighbor, two hectares for sale. The one in front, two hectares for sale. The other one, ten hectares for lease. Twenty year lease. <laughs> then God says, with what will you buy it? You look around, no cash. Say, that's a car. Sell it. That's a house. Sell it. That's savings. Bring it out. Did you not hear that the merchant found a pearl of great price? Then he went and sold all he had. 
I've seen people sell what they have. I, I can't give names. Some of them, if I tell you, your jaw will drop. And then when the thing began to produce, if I have one in my mind, I feel like just telling you the story, but I can't. They saw what they had because they could see something somebody else was not seeing. You say, Pastor Bank, what if I do all of that and everything collapses? Eh? At least you tried. You can get to heaven and say, God, we sold at the time. What happened? Out of, what, what happened? <laughs> Nothing. That's a spiritual seed. Because what happens to Christians that they want somebody, a human being like me, to give them guarantees? Did you smoke something? Can't give you any guarantee. All I can tell you is that the worst that will happen to you, I have found out, also, is that you will die. Nothing worse will happen. You won't go to hell. You know, if you die, you don't go to hell. To die is what? Yeah. Thank you very much. Ha, you are in the spirit. You are a real Bible student. So. <laughs> Many times God will give opportunities. And listen. Many things you, you buy like that, and you don't get anything, you didn't lose actually. Because you must understand, transactions are not just physical. They are many times, in fact, they are all spiritual. And so, spiritual gain does not always translate into material gain. I hope you're getting my point. Sometimes you make a right choice. As far as God is concerned, materially you lose money. But don't forget, he never forgets. Let me say something to you. Eh? God always gathers reasons to bless people. He gathers, he gathers it. He does it all the time. That's why I explained that the key to release of God's power is what? The continual doing of good works. God is always gathering reasons to bless people. You'll be in university. An exam is tough. Your friend will look at you and say, ks, ks. what's the problem? Shake your head like you don't know what's going on. And it passes you his paper. And God will move the invigilator out at that particular point in time. Not only will he move him out, you'll see where he's ordering the upper. Um, Madam, cut it, cut it, yes. Does that one have egg? You can hear it. Meaning that you know you have clear five minutes. Or you will see him take a call and it's from his wife. And he's hearing some. God will just make it clear. Your invigilator has gone. He won't catch you. Be careful about open doors. Some of them are traps. You know that. Does they have the, the, the way the opportunity came, he had to be God. It's not true. <laughs> if it's an opportunity of unrighteousness, it is not God. Could you go? Okay. Iota. I was. I said in house before. What I said. Do you understand? <laughs> The fact that, look, listen. So the opportunity will open. And the guy will pass his paper. And, oh, this is the A student in your class. He knows everything. So you look at his handwriting that day so clear. If you scan it like this, you will pass. And God wants to see what you will do. The righteous man will push it back to him and say, just shake the head. No, thank you. And the guy will look at, what's wrong with you? He'll push it back. You know, you'll be on these long tables that are smooth on top. You'll make sure the two of you are on the last row. Your classmates are not seeing it. Sometimes the guy is your brother in fellowship. He's operating love. <laughs> two men came out of example in the Bible school. And they started quarreling. Bible school. 
Practicing pastors. One of them looked at the other and said, let's, say, let's call the guy's name Peter. He said, ha, Pastor Peter, man of God. Eh, after now, you'll be preaching love, you'll be preaching love. When example hall now, I was asking you a question, you could not answer me. This was a Bible school examination. And the other one said, you should have practiced your love in the exam hall by allowing me a copy from you. Somebody said iniquity. Just by the way, some people don't even know some things are bad. So back to your own, your own story. You'll be at the back, last room, examine the invigilator. The only invigilator has gone out to go and eat opa. Opa with a soft drink. God has made it clear he won't be back for the next 10 minutes. You're on the last row. Your friend pushes it this way. You push his paper back to him. He pushes it to you again. You push it back. He looks at you like, are you okay? Say, don't worry about it. Get behind me, Satan. And then he leaves you alone. And then you know you will not pass the exam miraculously. No. You now fail. Because sometimes people expect that for practicing righteousness, God must just help them pass. You know no book. There's nothing like God helping you pass. If you wanted to pass, you for read. Stop that nonsense. Don't come to exam for believing that God will just work an academic miracle. It doesn't do them often. No. Most times it makes your head wake up. Before the day of exam, you can't just go, you know, give stupid testimonies that I did not read anything. Praise God. I did not read. I did not read. I just came in. Praise the Lord. And then, I don't know, the examiner was thinking I got an A. Like I always say to you, if it happens, see that you do what? Tell no man. Just keep quiet about it. Tell the story 50 years later. Otherwise, your children will never read. He said, Daddy passed. He didn't know anything. Leave Daddy. (laughs) Following the faith of our father. I like the story of uh, this guy there, uh, Ben Carson. God helped him miraculously. Look, I've had miraculous help myself many times. So don't, don't get the impression that I'm saying that God doesn't help people. I can start telling the stories again. I won't. I don't have the time. Okay? Different things. Different ones that God has helped. So I know he does that. Just don't count on it. That's what I'm going to say. Read your book. Go to class. Most evangelists I know in school, they fail. It's a regular thing. I used to wonder, God, why don't you help them? Because I didn't send them. Yet they ran. You want to use evangelism to terrorize the Lord? So God did not come to class because I was doing evangelism. God said, you were passing the evangelism. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and this is like, Ben Carson said, God worked a miracle for him. Then when he finished, he went back home and promised God, Lord, please. He said, thank you very much, but I promise never to put you in that kind of situation again. That's a righteous attitude. Not, man, that's how we roll, man. That's how, we don't have to go to class. That's how we roll. I mean, just go to the exam hall. That's how we roll. We roll with angels, man. That one, wait. <laughs> that one God did for you is the last you will see. One of my guys in school used to do that. I didn't know him. I knew him personally later, but then I didn't know him personally. All right? As another, one of my friends, I was his roommate, I said, he'll be going to class. I was a law student. He won't go. He said, <laughs> he'll be laughing. He said, you people are relying on the arm of flesh. <laughs> They will go to class. You will say they are relying on the arm of flesh. You will be in the hostel. What is doing? You don't even know. Say the arm of flesh will fail you. <laughs> That's what they will carry their books. In the evening, they will go and read. He will be speaking in tongues. And he could speak tongues. I knew he could sing in tongues. 
It was a word man. I knew him on campus. But that time I didn't know. We were first year, we were first year together. I didn't know him that time. <laughs> In the evenings, he was laughing at them that they have relied on the arm of flesh. They can't pray. They will pray. <laughs> My friend was lying on his arm of flesh and going to class. Then when results came out, I can't say faith. Faith cannot fail anybody. It was presumption. He so failed. He so f- he filled the whole building vibrated. Please, I'll get back to my message. I just need to finish this to help some people. My friend now said, my friend was telling me the story. We both know the guy. He said, that guy had faith. Because he was a law student and law in University of Benin then. They kick you out. The way he feels, you are out. You are out. So they were so sure he was going to be withdrawn from the faculty. But he wasn't. His faith woke up. He went like a prodigal son to the dean of the faculty. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> against you, against heaven, against the vice chancellor, against the dean, and the principle of righteousness academics, I have sinned. My friend said to their amazement, the dean granted, granted him reproof. All the dean asked was that he should repeat the class. Now, it may not look like a big miracle, but for University of Benin that time, it was a mighty miracle. But he repeated that class. He sat, next year he woke up. In the morning he went to class. Listen, to go to class is not the arm of flesh. It's like saying you won't boil your yam because it's the arm of flesh. Start eating it raw. God will allow your mouth to eat you. It is my point. Because there is what is called fulfilling all what? Righteousness. You have to do what is right. The job of a student is to go to class. Is to learn. God didn't send you to school to go and pass. He sent you to school to go and learn. So even if you were to pass that exam and you didn't learn anything, you still have failed as far as God is concerned. So all this cheating that's going on in the society today, God will have to judge it. Because they're undermining the, prince, the integrity of the academic system. You're supposed to learn, not to pass. Passing is an added thing to learning. That's an aside. Let me get back to what I'm going to say. Okay? So back to that issue. You know, you know where I went into that? I, I know very well. So after this guy has passed the paper up and down, God has tested him. Sometimes he even read. It just happens that the area he did not cover. And God is still testing. Sometimes God will work a miracle, but don't, don't even keep your mind on that. In the trial of your faith, sometimes you will come back and you will have failed. Because Satan wants to tell you, look at your foolishness. You obeyed God, yet you failed. Obedience to God does not mean things will never go bad. Did you get what I said? Yes, sir. The fact that you obeyed God is no guarantee that things will always go right. That is why it's called the trial of what? Faith. faith. If everything went well, why would we call it the trial of faith? But this point I'm not to make. It may look like a small thing, but that young man that failed that exam, God has given him a pass mark in, heavenly, in, in heaven's test. Humanly, he failed. Do you get my point? But as the test of earth was going on, so was the test of heaven going on. And the test of heaven was that will he hold on to his integrity or not? I hope you're getting my point. That's the test of heaven. Will he hold on to his integrity? So that test that heaven conducted, that young man passed. Then the young man, God takes his certificate of that test and archives it. What he will do with it, I don't know. 
you don't know. When he will do with it, you have no idea. But you know what? He never forgets. Especially if the young man maintains that principle in his life. He will never forget. God always accumulates reasons to bless people. He will be accumulating it one after the other. He will be giving you, listen, God will instruct you with the word. They will give you opportunities to prove that you learned. And those opportunities are called tests, trials, temptations. Each time you t- use the word to pass a temptation, he ac- did you hear what I'm going to say? He keeps, he keeps it. He keeps it. He doesn't ever forget it. He hangs it. Say, so what is that? So remember that exam that boy was in that, that my son. Yes. He, did, he refused to cheat even though he was tempted. That's it. When are we going to use it? Don't worry. The time is coming. He may not use it for the next 10 years. He may not use it for the next 15 years. But he never forgets. He's like the case of Mordecai. You remember? The story of Mordecai and Ahasuerus. He helped the king. The king forgot. But God did not forget. A time came, God woke the king up. Time to reward that man. Please, I hope you are getting my point. That's our life. God is always testing us in little, little things. It's always, always, always. Let's get back to where we began from. So when I said that, God will say, do you want it? You prove it to him. You make some decisions. It will appear like you lost out. That's what I was trying to explain, physically speaking. But spiritually, you have proven to God that you want something. He said, do you want this nation? I'm, I'm giving you again the word of the Spirit. He said, if you want it, I will give you. You must understand, the power is not in Buhari's hand. You, do you get my point? Even, I mean, it was not eight years ago or seven years ago they gave him two. Just by the way, for, us, for you to get it clear. How many times did he run for president? No, it was three times. Was it four? No, before he won, I'm talking about he won. Three. It was the fourth one that he now won. Now, this is interesting about God. He ran the first time against, um, was it Obasanjo? Yes, because he didn't win. Yaradua, he didn't win. Good luck, Jonathan, first time, he didn't win. Now, this is the point. By the time he was running against good luck that first time, he announced openly with tears, with tears, I don't know if people remember, that this is the last time he's going to try. That if he doesn't get it now, now, I don't know his reasons, but he was passionate about some things. That this is the last time. He did not even campaign the South, partly because he didn't have the structure, he didn't have the finances to do it. And he shed tears and said, I'm not doing again if I lose. And that one, he lost. And he said he wasn't going to do it again for a number of reasons. One of them, we can say it openly, it's not a secret anymore. One of them was that the man was ill. And by the natural order of things, he knew that he may not be strong enough in the next four years to come back. It's not a secret. DSS, they don't need to come and meet me. I mean, when the man is going to go to go and check whether he's all right, then he's going to London all the time. After he has sworn that he was going to ban medical tourism. Now, condition make refuge bent for back. Have you noticed what you're talking about? You've been straight before now. Have you noticed? Ah. Now, why am I telling you this story? After he said he's not doing it again, the arm of flesh had failed him. Then God now raised some jagabans. Men with muscle. 
When I say most, I don't mean acting and myosin. I mean, you get my point. No muscle that moves in bullion. And they went to him and said, look, look at the records. Bros, no money. Look at the number of votes you got. Just sign the form. Leave the rest to us. There's no what The man says he's not doing it again. He said, oh God, there's no need for all of these things. Just sign the form. We'll do the campaigning. We'll do, we'll do everything. You won't just come, just come for swearing. And it's on record that all the campaign, all the speeches he made campaigning nationwide, somebody took down to put it together. It came to less than 60 minutes. All, all those campaigns, they put all the talk he talked together. It didn't come up to 60 minutes. It came to about 58 minutes. Listen, I watched Adam's Oshio Mole campaign one time in Edo, one hour. He talked, 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 talk, maybe not talked, but you get my point. Imagine you go to two, three local governments, you've done two hours of campaigning. Nationwide, our current president for that first election, did he? He will just go there. He will sit down. They will do. They, they will not. Hey, you will get up there. No PAPC, ABC. This is our VP or super day. You know, at the end of the day, with all the blunders, all the bungling, you may be angry with the political system. No, that's God. Because listen, I give it to whomsoever I wish. I set upon the kingdom the least likely, the least qualified of men. After he was tired, we're all there laughing and laughing. Next thing they read the results. All the prophets that said, good luck, we come back. They did not know where he was going to come back to. He was going back to Otuike. <laughs> to let you know, it's God that does what? Gives. I wanted to emphasize to you that the man himself had given up on the idea. Should we talk about President Obasan also? No. A few months before that, he was still, he was still cooling his heels. In prison. Who would have told him, say, sir, today you're in prison. Don't worry. In a few months, you'll be the head of state again. I knew a senior military officer at that time. He said, forget. He said, the man doesn't have money. He said, that money that he donated to PDP that time, he said, I know who gave him the money. He said, where will lose the money? <clears throat> How do you have money when you've been in prison for a while? Before you went to prison, the government in power was not even happy with you. But God spoke and he became the head of state. Please fear God. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, sir. Okay. Something came to my mind again. Should we we'll have an election next year? Eh? Yes, sir. Just watch what God will do again. I, I don't predict. Oh. I'm not telling this one will know, this one will know. We know it's not my thing. <laughs> if, I, if I tell you that, just know I'm wrong. Because that's why I don't they vote, don't they lose my vote for a long time. Because my, my vote for president historically has been very toxic. Once I vote for you, you all don't finish. <laughs> so I could never brag that I knew something ahead of time. Never. But you know the truth? People will listen to me and know who will win. Ah, I said, how did you know? He said, you said, I said, I didn't say anything. I was preaching. Because if I really said, I would have voted according to what I said. So it's the spirit that's witnessing when the Holy Spirit is moving. Okay, but listen to this again. The power belongs to God. And you will see him demonstrate it again. You will see him demonstrate it again. You will see him demonstrate it again. 
Wife, I said all of this. So when I said that God said, if you want it, I will give you. I wasn't joking. I wasn't joking. He's saying again, if you want this country, two people, two persons he's speaking to, first of all, the church. Thus says the Lord, if you want this nation, I will give it to you. The second person is the individual Christian. And God is saying, your own sphere of this nation, if you want it, the whole nation, I will give you. You just have to show to him that you want it. First, you open your mouth and say to him, I want it. Then two, he'll start showing you opportunities to prove that you want it. And I went through all of this to let you know that it does not mean, that I mean you may do something physically and you lose out physically. It does not remove anything from what I'm saying. Because as physical tests are going on, so is the heavenly test going on. Sometimes you appear to have failed this physical test, but you indeed pass the heavens one. And listen to me, that's the one that should be most important to you. Don't say, hey, okay, if I tell the truth now, what will happen? Tell the truth. Hey, because I told the truth now, I paid the fine. Were you going to lie again before? Truth is not to be manipulated for your benefit. Truth is truth because it is true. We don't manipulate it for our own benefit. So, as a person of righteousness, if you are going to speak the truth, speak it whether it benefits you or it doesn't. One of the things I've seen about people, and God was going to punish all of them. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, listen, if I say something, I don't think I'm being wicked. Though. I'm giving you one side of God's operations. If you want to pray for mercy, it's your job. When I'm a prophet, it's not my job of a prophet to be telling God, mercy, mercy, mercy. Are you getting my point? When the prophet is prophesying, he just tells you the bad side. The Jonah never went to Nineveh. He said, let me just say how to catch God. No. That's what the Nineveh. All of you are dead. <laughs> he kept on moving around the city halfway through. <laughs> said, I don't die. They don't die rich. I didn't go. Go and check Jonah. Jonah didn't tell anybody except you repent. Did you see that? Anything like that? Eh? Just said 40 days. Then he went and sat down to see what would happen. Then God sent another spirit to go and move the people to say, Paradventure, he will have mercy. I hope you're getting my point. So when you hear me talk, don't think I'm a wicked person. I'm not a wicked person. I'm doing my job. My name is Jeremiah Amos, and I'm not a false prophet. You know what I mean? When you start combining names like that, all these Jagudas in town, that's what they do. Isaiah, Hezekiah. So if that's your name, please, it's a coincidence. Or I don't. <laughs> the Lord is good. I was trying to say something. Oh, the thing just escaped me. I was trying to say something. Okay, yes, I was going to say something that um, some people that say, hey, God, we just, who are those people? What's in my heart? <laughs> okay, there's a, okay, I, I now remember that. There's a group of people I've seen. If you ask them, please come and judge this matter, they first check the two people they are judging between. Have you noticed it? If you just say, please, I paid this man 5000 naira to help me buy this thing. This was not what I told him to bring. He's not saying I should take this one. He didn't see the one I asked for. Shouldn't he reform me my money? They will look. It's my neighbor in the shop. They say, ah, okay, you know, see, as business be now, you're like, are you all right? I had a contract with this man to deliver this thing to me, and he says it's going to be 5000 I gave him the money. I'm back here to collect my goods. 
And he's saying he did not find the one I asked for. So I should take the one he has. And you will not be able to find a righteous person who will say to his neighbor, How are my neighbor? Come. They will be like, oh, You know now, you know this thing, you know, never can tell. They'll be talking like they are high on something. Some of them will be speaking, you look at them, you know, you'll be thanking God that you are not God because you will have just dissolved some people right there. Even the man who sinned against you is not the problem. He's the one who suddenly cannot judge between right and wrong. I've had encounters with people like that again and again. Now, when I say, don't think I'm wicked, let me not give what I say. Such people, God is very angry with you and you are close to destruction. God doesn't like unrighteousness. He said, the Lord saw and he was displeased. Do you know what it means when God is displeased? Even if you want to intercede, that's not how they do it. You will tell the person, oh boy, excuse me. Call your neighbor to decide. Why are you behaving like this? Tell the other person, please, calm down, calm down. Okay, how do we solve this? But never seem like you cannot make simple judgment. If you withhold that simple judgment, I think God is always looking for reasons to bless you. And the Satan is always accumulating the negative things to use an accusation about against people. Every time. He's always doing that. So let's bear this in mind. Okay? So, back to what I'm going to say. So, heaven conducts its own tests. Anytime you find a challenge in life, just know heaven is conducting the test. Just know heaven is conducting a test. Every time you find yourself in a difficult situation in life, know that heaven is conducting a test. Don't rearrange truth. Don't rearrange the principles of righteousness in, righteousness in such a manner that it will benefit you materially or at that particular point in time. If I tell this man, I'm the one that parked here, I will have to pay a fine. So what are you going to say? You're not the one that parked? Like they say, tell the truth and what? It's a saying in English language. Tell the truth and let the devil be ashamed. Like my pastor would say those days, say, what's the will of God? Say, do the right thing. The consequence is the will of God. Do the right thing. The consequence is the will of God. Every time, listen to me, back to what I was trying to say. When you say to God, I want it, what he is saying is prove it to me. And he will give you opportunities again and again to show that you really want it. And I've been trying to say, the fact that you use an opportunity in a manner that pleases heaven is no guarantee that you walk out on the earth. Because God is just sometimes just gathering certificates. What did he do? What did she do? Okay. Ah, she wants it. Give me the certificate. But it didn't fail. Give her another one. Wants it. Okay, give me the certificate. He keeps a covenant. He said, when the clouds are what? Full. Then they pour forth rain, divine blessing upon the earth. That's why Peter said to us, he said, what have you done sin? You have not yet resisted sin. To what? The shedding of blood. So, as far as God is concerned, the time you stop resisting sin is when blood has been shed. And when they say blood has been shed, it doesn't mean they cut you with blade, though. It means he removed your neck. When Peter was saying it, he said, the time you will stop resisting sins when you're dead. I hope you're getting my point. And when he was speaking that time, he was speaking in the context of injustice. Wrong had been done to the people. 
He said they had endured the season of their goods unjustly because of their faith. He now said, Hava, you have not even resisted, resisted to the shedding of blood. What am I saying? We prove to God. Now, let me give you the word again because it just keeps coming back in my mind. God says, if you want it, I will give you. He's speaking to the church. If you want this nation, I will give you. I am not saying I will make you president. Let's not confuse ourselves. I'm not saying I will make you governor. If I wish, I go that route. I'm just saying, as a nation, the whole country, if you want it, I will give you. I will establish righteousness. I will give you freedom. I will give you the ability to plant a church in this palace of the sultan of Sokoto. Fellowship will hold there. Yes, he said, if you... I will give you signs that will shock you. You will hold programs in a church, in a, in a mosque. And they will vacate it. Oh, the preachers want to hold a prayer meeting. They have all night. Let them not stay outside. Use the mosque now. When the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, don't think it's a joke. He said the earth is the Lord's and what? All it contains. Let's use the modern expression. So every mosque belongs to the Lord. Every oil field belongs to the Lord. You know, when God said he was going to have federal government pay young people to preach in Nigeria, who, people would say, why? How? How would that happen? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Abi, just watch me. The war ended. The Lord tapped the head of state. We need to reconcile this nation. Say yes. How do we do it? He said, have young men and young women crisscross the country, serving the nation. Each person wants to leave school for one year. And pay them an allowance. It doesn't do Nigerian money. Then God went, young men, as you give your life to Christ, go for rural rugged. You'll be going from village to village preaching the gospel. God had fulfilled his word. By Elton, who we are going to quote again, prophesied that. It was a vision he saw. That the federal government in Nigeria will pay young people to go and preach the gospel across the country. People were waiting for God, the federal government to say National Day of Evangelism. They never said so. He said what? National Youth Service Calls. We now call it Nigerian Youth Serving Christ, which is very, very appropriate, which was what God was arranging. So people go to different places. Many people, that's where they launch their ministries. Many rural areas, the only preachers they know are core members. I served in a place where the only teachers they had, minus two, were core members. So if you said, sent Christian coppers to those areas, they will preach in those schools. And that's why God sent them in the first place. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's and, the, and everything it contains. I say it again. You know what God is saying? If you want this country, I will give you. I will give you. I will. It belongs to me. I own it. See that Dangote's refinery? God said, it's my own. All the universities, you see, they belong to me. The earth is the Lord's, and what? All it contains. See this building we are in? It belongs to the Lord. You know, the former building we were in before, we were also on top floor like this. One day, some things happened when they were constructing the new roads in New Haven that time. 
I was in my office and I got a call. Are you aware your building is being pulled down? I said, what? Ah, they said, they are set quit notice. There was a building next door. Many people may not remember. That one was already down. The governor at that time wanted to do the road, so he said, so the other guy decided to go and challenge the issue in court. If you know that, the way that governor was, before the court started sitting, the building was down. And they served notice to our own also. Now, what, 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 this is where I'm going about it. I didn't know all of this while. Someone now called me later, yeah, what's going on? I said, no. So I rushed down there, because people were evacuating, people were moving their things. We didn't have too many things to move, really, you know, but I came back. Then one brother came to me later, he said, he said, pull it down. He said, it's not possible. Building a way bank today. Did you hear what I said? I said, I'm feeling bad. He came and told me, he said, pull what down. He said, it was, he said he knew it was not going to happen. He said, nobody built a way bank today. At that point, I started feeling bad. That is, me, I was running up and down to get out. <laughs> and that man was having confidence on my behalf. He said, relax, they will not pull it down. <laughs> and true, true, the owners of the building, the, the, the eldest son in the family is a, is a good friend of mine. So, when I spoke later at that time, they had negotiated, negotiated, that he was tired. He was... He was, he was in government house, talking to the people. They, at the end of the day, he told them, okay, okay, take it down. Give us compensation. He was ready to walk away. And somebody just pointed out, because the argument the town planning guy said is that there's no parking space. That when they make that new road, where the new road is, used to be our parking lot. That the parking space is gone, and they cannot leave that size of building without parking. That you're going to be obstructing the flow of traffic. So the building is going down. At that time, he was just tired. He said, okay, okay, he's been talking since morning. He said, okay, go ahead. Calculate the compensation. We'll take the compensation. He said, I'm tired. That's what one somebody now pointed out that, you know, that, uh, that place where that um, sit-out now was. Somebody now pointed out that that place is vacant. That they can approve that one for them as their parking lot. So last moment, they told the guy, leave the, the building will stand. That's how come that building is standing till today. Now, you know what I'm telling the story? That brother told me, he said, ah, it's not coming down. He said, building will bank today. Don't know me that well. You can't, you know, until you activate things in your own direction. As far as I was concerned, God prepared the building for us to preach because we preached there f- from 2003 till 2000 and I think 18 or 19. Every Saturday, we began initially on Saturdays. Every Saturday, apart from December, then after a few years, we added one more time during the week. Like they did, we started on Monday, they moved it to Tuesday. These programs, the first, the second seminar I did in this city was up there. From there, we recorded for radio, sent the message. That building is big. We occupied a small portion of it, but don't worry. The earth is the Lord's, and all it contains. The Lord is good. Amen. <laughs> the earth is the Lord's, and everything it contains. Turn to your neighbor. Say, if you want it, he will give you. That's the thing. He. You see the way I said it? Tell the person again. If you want it, he, wants it. he will give you. He and God is saying to Nigeria, that Nigerian church, the church in Nigeria, if you want this country, I will give you. I will give you. No one will be able to stand against you. The word that I gave will be fulfilled. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. These words will be fulfilled. These are prophetic words that we said we have to activate. 
We must activate them. Just say to God, I want this nation. What Satan has been doing all the while is to convince us that it's not ours. Was it on Saturday we were talking about, was it Saturday or last Tuesday, talking about those who are planting? Okay, it was on Tuesday, Saturday, right? They said they saw um, that the uh, Uthmanda Fudio said he was going to plant the Quran in the Atlantic. And anytime Christians see what is going on, some things like when the Islamic Bank was going to start in Nigeria, they said it's a fulfillment of that prophecy. When Imo governor, this current governor, became governor through the judgment of the Supreme Court, I've had several people analyze for me that it's a fulfillment of the plan that Ismanda Fodio had, that an agreement was made with the current governor of Imo State to allow Islam to penetrate Imo State. Is it true or false? I'll be honest with you. I don't care. Because none of those things can undermine the word that God gave. The issue is whether we will activate his word or continue to use our mouth to stupidly activate the word of Utmandafodio. We interpret everything as his prophecy succeeding. We don't look at any how, anything concerning the success of the prophecy of our Christ. He said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We don't see that many times. This is Islamic banking. I remember when Turkey wanted to come to Nigeria and open. Um, is it what? what? Yeah, Enugu here. Yeah, Iran. It was an Iranian group. They said, eh, 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 Islamization. They said, Turkey was opening university in Nigeria. I said, hey, yeah. I like the thing. Those are our friends who do mission among the northerners in the south here. To them, it is called gathered, no, scattered to be gathered. As the people from the north are moving down towards the south, a lot of people say, you see, you see, Islamization, Islamization. They said, no, we can't reach them up there. It's difficult. God has brought them to our doorsteps. Why not? It's the reason I would recommend support them when you find them because they go plant, plant churches. In fact, this is a headsman, headsman issue. I was talking to one of the brothers, the pastor of the church in Enugu. He said it has given them a lot of problems because before, they used to go to headsmen camps in the bush, hold meetings there, hold crusades. They, they don't, they, I mean, they, they, they welcome them. He said, but now the people are very suspicious. If anybody is coming, you know, they are on edge. ESN, all those kind of problems. They are, on, they are on edge. They are very defensive now. So it's more difficult for them now to penetrate those camps. But for them before, <laughs> what is it? They ha- I can show you a video. You, you, deep inside the bush, this was to, uh, somewhere in the north. As it, you know this, is, um, this um, full anime you see, gathered inside a hut, a big hut, clapping and singing to the Lord Jesus Christ. No, it's a video. If you want to see it, I'll show you afterwards. The brother who sent it to me that time, to send it to us as a group, that please said, don't move it around. They don't want people to know about it. See, people showing up on motorbikes from different places, entering into a hut, and that was, they were there singing, clapping in full full day. And somebody was standing to preach the gospel. No, they didn't see. Those guys in Enugu here, they are all over south, the south, at least I know about southeast. They only said, no, no, it's not Islamization. To them, it's called, in fact, the, the book is at the back. I don't know whether we have finished it. Do we still have? It's finished. If you want, you can request a copy. Uh, you know, just talk, tell the guys at the back. They may arrange to get a copy. The, one brother in Enugu wrote a book on the titles, Scattered to be Gathered. As far as they are concerned, the reason why this guy has come is that Jesus said, I've brought them to your doorstep. You wouldn't go to their place. I've brought them to you. Now, what else do you want? And he said to me, he said, ah, pastor, last week we baptized six people. Three of them were Muslims. 
The kind of testimony you will hear. Okay, I don't know. You remember now. One day, one of our sisters from Lagos called and said, ah, he said, Pastor Banky, please, that group will tell me, but I want to give them something. What, what, you know, just, I said, right now, that project we're telling you about is kind of, we have finished the current phase. He said, but that she wants to contribute something. So I said, told her brother, call the pastor. What would they need? On Sunday, they had just been praying that they need a new projector for evangelism. They shoot Hausa, movies in, the Christian movies made in Fufu, they made in Hausa. You don't, he speaks fluent Hausa. They have missionaries that speak the language fluently. But Sunday, they just go and, go and shoot videos. You see, Men, women, children sitting down in Fulani camps watching videos that they brought. They come with their generator, come with their equipment. People give their lives to Christ. So as I said, this is what they need. I just said, look, this is what they need. They prayed on Saturday. By Sunday, by, by Tuesday, the Lord has supplied it. But we'll be here talking. They want to Islamize. They want to Islamize. They want to Islamize. Because I will let them Islamize. Keep on saying it. Because words have been released. Yes, Usman Dafodio released his own. I will plant the Quran in the Atlantic. Then what word are you releasing? What prophecy are you activating? Scripture is there, clear. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. He said it to Daniel. Then he saw a rock caught without hands. And he crossed the image and became what? A mountain. That was going to abide forever. Is not a Nigeria outside that mountain? These are things we are supposed to activate. Not every time. That's when they said that talking between universities in Nigeria. I said, hey, look at this. If I were the one, I would give them land. You know, in Denugu here. Before they come, we go and bury something in the land. Anointing. <laughs> we don't have to bury physical things. We'll march around it. Lord, this is our land. We possess anybody. The earth is a Lord's and the fullness thereof. Anybody that comes here, we serve Jesus Christ. It's not, it, 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 we won't give you more than 10 hectares. We'll march around it regularly for six months. Then when you finish building, this is Nigeria. It's freedom of movement. We'll build a church on your campus. By the time we are done, anybody you send from Turkey will speak in tongues. We'll marry your girls. Our girls will marry your boys. That is by the time we finish, eh? If it is Lamazine you came for before, we will so Christian. <laughs> by the time we are done with you, you are the one that will close the show. We we'll say, we are not closing it. It's working well in Jesus' name. We will sustain the place with prayer. What are you saying? But we are afraid. Come, come, come. Come, our gospel is more powerful than you. What is it? Confess. I hope you know. Sunday, Adelaide. He gave his life to Christ a few months before the communists gave him scholarship to go and study communism. Well, study under the communist regime. He went there and built the largest church in Europe. In a formerly communist country. They would not have guessed that their own money would train the person. It was scholarship. Took him to Russia. USSR those days. He, he, he had just gotten born again shortly before then. God said, good, now I will educate you myself. Because if I leave you with those my boys... In, in Lagos, they will tell you that USSR is the great Satan. You won't want to go, but you go. I like the reference story, discipled by God. The man was discipled by God. And due to the influence of people like him, God broke the whole thing, and then he built the largest church in Europe. In land that used to belong to communists. What am I saying? Thus says the Lord.
If you want this nation, I will give you. Thus says the Lord. If you want this nation, I will give you. Thus says the Lord. If you want this nation, I will give you. I don't think I need to speak further on his ability to give. No. There's no wealth, no drop of crude oil wealth, solid mineral wealth, naira, U.S. dollars, pounds, euro, whatever currency, gold, beauty men, bauxite, corn, cocoa, millet. There's not one gram of everything I've mentioned or unit of money that does not belong to the Lord. You can direct. Listen. The problem is that they don't want it. One young man the other day, I heard his story. He was doing some renewable, something recyclable, all those kind of things. And you know, somewhere in, not too far from here, but in Nigeria, southern Nigeria, I know the way you people are. Sharp, 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 sharp. His fame has spread. They were already cooperating with all the renewable energy, uh, uh, conservation, all those kind of things. The guy don't explode. He was getting money, grants, stuff like that. You know the first thing he did? He located his family to Canada. Breakthrough. See, many people that are sitting down, they don't want it. They will pray, pray, pray. God say, let me see what you want. They open the door. Carry the children. I'm sorry, sir. don't mean to be critical. It even makes me laugh. Sometimes when pastors, they recite that I broke up and preach in Nigeria. If you're a pastor, I'm not coming again. Because you're not passing through what I'm passing through. You can live anywhere you want, but don't preach to me. You can live anywhere you want. You can live anywhere you want. I don't care. But don't behave like you, you know. The other time we were talking about plan B, plan B in this country. I said, it's only when you are eating to a level. Because most of us here, our first plan is one. Plan B is Okunan. Plan C, Agban. Plan D, maybe, okay, Uma here. Okay, okay, we have plan E on nature. Everything. That, can you afford more than that? Yes, you know, when, you, when all your plans are in that, when you now pray, you dig your heel in. When you do like this, now, grenade. Now pray, they pray. In Jesus, missile. Blowing things to pieces. Why? God knows this guy has nowhere else to go. No, there are some gods with those, those who are preaching, they've eaten and they are full. He said, Jeshurun became fat and kicked. That's what happens. That's why I would talk some things. God said, you know the truth? My people don't want. And I'm preaching again today. I'm begging Christians, want it, he will give you. Because I see people have given, they've just, even though they were not believers, they demonstrated to me that they wanted it. Let me say something here. Learn a lesson from the fig tree, he will say. Now, please listen to what I'm about to tell you. Don't misunderstand me. I forbid you in the name of God from misunderstanding me. Okay? I'll use a biblical example, then I'll bring it to modern day life. Remember that story they told all the time was the king of Moab that sacrificed his son that should have reigned in his stead. And indignation came against Israel. Till now, people are still asking, how did that happen? I'll tell you. I don't know the details of exactly the spiritual principles that happened to Israel. 
Well, I know some things I can postulate based on the understanding we have of spiritual things. Okay? But I can assure you of one thing. The reason why God, the indignation was not from the devil. The devil doesn't go near where Israel is moving. If in Jamaica catch you, you will go to hellfire earlier than you planned. So leave that. <laughs> in Jamaica was their guardian angel, so he took good care of them. All right? So for indignation to have come up against them, it was God. And that indignation would have been because God said, it's enough, go back. And they said no. God said, it is enough. I said, go back. They said, no, we're about to win the battle. We won't let it go. God said, it is enough. I said, guys, go back. When they wouldn't hear, then the wind will blow against them. They will know that God has granted this man mercy. But this is where I'm going. Why did God do it? The guy went to God and said, I want it desperately. And God said, you mean it? He sacrificed his son that would have reigned in his stead. If you know the way spiritual things uh, the way spiritual things are, God had to give him some leverage. Some people that say they are doing sacrifice, they go and catch an innocent person on the road and kill, and to make money. If they make money, it won't last a year. They've not sacrificed anything. They've not said, how can you carry a stranger, kill, burn the skull, and you make money? You think God is dead? Those who really do sacrifices for such things, it comes from their bowels. You can't just go and release a stranger on the road. Look, it's communities that can do it. One of the communities. If a community takes their own virgins, their own young men and sacrifice, yes, it's their own. Or you can't go and take somebody you don't know from Adam and just say, yes, I Those who really do something that walk in the realm of the spirit, they use their wives, they use their children, they use themselves. Spiritual language. What happened to that man? The king of Moab, he went to God. It's, there's only one God. There are no two gods. You can't go to Molech to, 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 to plead against Israel. It doesn't work. Yeah, he may have thought that he was in the altar of another God, but the only person who could pass that judgment was the Almighty God. Ah, God had to give him reprieve. Told Israel, move back. They wouldn't listen. I said, move back. They were still going on by force. So he turned the wind against them. Go home. The man is desperate. No, go and read the story. When God blessed um, um, um what is his name? J- um, Jacob and Esau, yes. After he blessed Jacob, when Esau came from his ble- for his own blessing, there was one word that God gave him through Isaac. He said, a time will come, you will become restless. Your brother will run over you, but the time, periodically, you will shake up. Uh-uh. I have a smart dog in my house, a Caucasian shepherd. I didn't know the dog would ever back and face me. One yeah. One day I was angry with him. Get out. Get, 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 get. So he went under the staircase. So I took my slippers. Come on, move on. I said, I put the, the guy. <laughs> I look, Tesla, are you all right? Ross, I draw back small. So yeah, get out. <laughs> but that day I remember, I backed into a corner. The guy, he let me say, Oga, I'm a dog. He said, I'm a dog. <laughs> That's what happens. So it's a spiritual thing. When people are into, you know, when they are backed into corners, sometimes they get desperate. There's a message I have like that by Derek Prince. It's called the prayer of desperation. I don't, I don't want to get into that now. Why it took God out of three days, one and a half days of destruction of Jerusalem for him to answer Jerusalem? 
What am I going to say? Listen. I'm convincing my soul. God is saying, if my people want it, I will give them. That's, look, he just wanted Israel to want the promised land. He didn't want them to, in quote, fight, really, for the promised land. He just wanted them to want it. Read it, you will not find a place where a giant killed one Israelite. That's the noise the Goliath was making. It was just noise. God just needed somebody that loved him and loved the nation and loved the land enough to stand up against Goliath. The first person that did, he put the anointing upon David. Pulled the man down. What God just wanted was for Israel to say, we want this land. He said, do you want the land? Yes, go and face the giants. The giants look like risk to your life. They look like a risk to your life. So that's what it was to them. But they said, no, ha. You want to succeed in business, you're not willing to lose money, God won't bless you. Why would he do that? He don't want it. He said, he that sows in tears shall reap with joy. Ah, my heart can't seem to leave this. Thus says the Lord to the church in Nigeria, if you want this nation, I will give it to you. I will give you every part of it. Every part. When I say every part, I mean every geographical part. When I say every part, I mean every economic part. When I say every part, I mean every political part. When I say every part, I mean every military part. Every part of this nation, every stratum of government, I will give to you. If you want it. And let me tell you, people of God, there's no reason not to want it. First, it's an assignment. To want it is an assignment. If you don't want it, you'll be destroyed. Ah. Uh-uh. Listen, God, you... Let me tell you how Jesus is. Apostle. No, you're married. Let me not use you as an example. I find one single guy here. Yes, I don't see him. So assuming you go and meet a young woman. Say, every time we come for Bible study like this, I can't concentrate. So I went and prayed and said, Holy Spirit, why can't I concentrate? And the Holy Spirit says, because of you. So my sister helped me to concentrate. Say, how? Marry me. If she says no, you know what you will do? You will tell the Holy Spirit, please help me to concentrate because the girl is not great. Will anything bad happen to her? Nothing. That's a normal life. Assuming your name is Jesus Christ. You come and meet her. I want to, I want you to marry me. And she says no. Jesus will go and send the devil. The devil will come and kill her. Nobody else is marrying her. That's Jesus for you. Don't joke with him. Anybody that doesn't marry him is going to have fire. You either marry him or you die by fire. Go and tell everybody. Look, this is Jesus, I would think. Jesus wants to play guitar. <laughs> he carries a sword. He doesn't joke. You either believe or you are condemned. Everyone who will not accept the proposal of Jesus Christ will go to hell. I pray one day we'll get to understand this Jesus completely. This nice one is only half. The second one is the latter one. Did you hear what I said? The nice one came first. The second part of him is the last part. That is the judgmental part. 
John saw him and fell at his feet as if he was dead. Tell people when you say, give your life to Christ. We just help you while there is time. Once that time passes, he doesn't want your life again. He's roasting you in hellfire. And after that, I carry you and hell and pour the two of you into the lake of fire. That is what he does. Nobody rejects his offer and remains the same. If you're on level, on the scale of one to on zero to hundred, you're on level fifteen before when Jesus made you an offer that will take you to level ninety. If you reject it, you're going to level minus twenty. No, he doesn't just leave you. He says, I left you on five. Okay, leave me as you meet me. Jesus doesn't understand that one. And he meets you, you know, accept that he will drag the thing from whether you are going down below. Encounter with Jesus is a watershed of destiny. I'm telling you. It's better you don't, if your plan is rejecting him, don't go near him. Rejecting him is a sin. Unto death. So if Jesus says, I have given you something, and I want you to want it. If you don't want it, you know what you do? You say, Lord, give me the grace to want. There's no option of I won't want it. When he did not, when he did not accept the promised land, he killed all of them in the wilderness. He did not give them the opportunity to go back to Egypt. You have a choice of two. You enter that promised land or you die here. There was no third option. You either enter the promised land or you die here. The only alternative you may have is whether you die quickly or die slowly. But die, you will die. If Moses had known, I just left them to die quickly. He pleaded for them to die slowly. This is the land that the Lord has given. We want it. We will want it. He wants us to want it, and he has given a promise that he will give it. We want it. He wants us to want it, and he has given us a promise that he will give it. I say it again, by the Spirit of God. You will never hear from my mouth otherwise. By the Spirit of God, I say we will not yield any square inch of this nation to any other God. It's an assignment. Sokoto belongs to the Lord. Bono belongs to the Lord. Katsina belongs to the Lord. Yobe belongs to the Lord. Adamwa belongs to Jesus Christ. Abuja, Nasarawa, Kogi, Kano. All those, all the Middle Best states, um, Benue. Uh, give me another one near Sanada Abuja. I've mentioned Nasarawa. Plato, all of those. Niger, that's what I was thinking of. All of those on that border Abuja, they all belong to Jesus Christ. Amen. Bauchi is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Amen. Lagos belongs to him. Amen. Ogun belongs to him. Amen. Ondo belongs to him. Oyo belongs to him. Amen. They all belong to him. Ekiti belongs to him. Amen. Come to South South, Delta belongs to him. Amen. Edo is his own. Amen. Cross River is his own. Bayelsa belongs to him. Amen. Rivers belongs to him. Aquaibon belongs to him. Amen. Every part of this city state, they belong to him. Amen. And every infrastructure that is inside there, they belong to him. Amen. In southeastern Nigeria, everything belongs to the Lord. Amen. Anambra belongs to Jesus. Amen. Enugu belongs to Jesus. Eboni belongs to Jesus. Abia belongs to Jesus. Imo belongs to Jesus. Every state in southeast belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every state, every state, every state in Nigeria belongs to him. Amen. And we uproot unrighteousness from every corner. Amen. We uproot unrighteousness from every corner. Amen. Again, I say it, we uproot unrighteousness from every corner. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Listen, listen. This is what people have done. What Satan has done for people. Pressure. They start rejecting the inheritance that God gave them. You know, when God created this land, he even put resources there. And said, use this one to do my purpose. Yes, he put it there. And many, many of us want to run away and go and be laboring as slaves. Let me give you an assignment, everybody, individually, not as a church, not individually. You say, Lord, what exactly do you want me to do? I'm talking about tapping in his resources. Because you know, there's nothing you are doing that's a game of chance. Before you were born, God has already decided this is what you will do and this is what you will use. So what you do each day is to try and discover those two things. What you are supposed to do and what resources he's sending. You discover them as you go on. Go and read the story of David. God had ordained him king and sent men to help him. When the time came for him to be enthroned, the Lord sent people to help him. And I tell Christians all the time, don't for, look, God will send people to help you. Amen. That is the way it works. Once you are able to locate what you are supposed to do, be doing, he will send help to you. Yes, he will send, he will command people to help. Yes, he will. He will come, that is, it's an instruction, go and help that individual. Go and help my son, go and help my daughter. Just make sure that the primary thing in your heart is, what am I supposed to be doing for the Lord? Remember, we say it again and again, we didn't come to this earth. You know, how did I say it before? That this earth is not a, it's not a playground, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a tourist destination, it's not a honeymoon. Eh? It's not an amusement park, it's not Hawaii. It's not Budokatu Ranch. It's not. It's work. When he made the garden, you know the impression we had? God put Adam in the garden. You'll be swinging like Tarzan. <laughs> Judge of the jungle from tree to tree. Eat banana today, carrot tomorrow, guava. Just be plucking it. Jobless, naked man. <laughs> That's the impression we had. Some of us stay angry with Satan. For driving us out of that beautiful garden. Honestly, if it was like that, I think it's better we left. It's a useless life. Just wake up in the morning. If any carrots this morning, yeah, I just uprooted some. What are we going to do? Tomorrow we'll go and pluck the guava from the other across the river. Nonsense. Put him in the garden, told him to guard it and keep it. The man was supposed to learn horticulture. He was supposed to learn architecture. He was supposed to learn mining. He was supposed to develop things. You think his children were supposed to grow, and they were, they were jumping from, you know, from grass to grass. People think, you think car, motor cars came as a result of the fall? We're not for Adam now, we won't be driving cars. What do you mean? We will drive cars. He said that we're not for Adam now, we won't have mobile, if we're not for Adam that went and seen, you know, mobile phone. Adam knew, God knew that one day there will be plenty. The great, 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 great grandchildren of Adam will be scattered all over the world, and they will need to communicate. You think when they want to come to you, they do like this. <laughs> Enter the realm of the spirit. No. Adam was going to pick a phone and dial his children. They're going to have conference calls. These things are not accidents. The man was there had work to do. So don't even feel bad that you've been given an assignment to do on this earth. Adam had work to do. His work just became harder as a result of the fall. That's what happened to him. He still had to work. From now, the earth will just harden, will not yield this increase for you. From the sweat of your brow, you'll now be eating bread. 
That was what the problem was. They were supposed to cultivate it and keep it. That was there from the beginning. So let's remember, we are on this earth to walk. To walk. So if God says, this is the work I have given you, just ask Lord, where, where, here I am, send me. Where do I go? What am I supposed to do? And I'm giving the assignment of God for this season. He said, want it. You know what the truth? If we can clean covetousness out of our hearts, hmm? that they want him for the sake of me. Do you get my point? There's nothing you ask God for that he won't give. I mean, what I mean by that? You can just actually look and say, Lord, ah, what's going on? We can have a, this kind of hospital in this city, and that one put a branch in knock, and you just be talking like that. And within 10 years, it is built. Why? Because you saw a need and you wanted a solution. You are blessed to be what? A blessing. I keep on using some people that God has used their lives for a few, you know, as an example. We're importing for importing for importing for importing everything. Every time they say refinery breakdown. Some men gather together. President Person just said, privatize the old refineries. They brought money and bought. As soon as a guy left office, the next president overturned the sales because of pressure. And they dead the other men go and build their own. They say, eh. And Ali Kodangoti said, okay, watch me. Watch me. I hope you know, $7 billion. You want to be eating small, small. When I say small, small, every day you buy a new car. Every month you buy a Bentley. Your great-grandchildren will still be eating the money. Are you aware of that? It's a lot of money. It's a lot, it's a lot of money. A man who wants to eat does not have to invest it. Seriously. If just to eat, you don't, you don't need to invest it. Just keep it and be eating it. Yet a man took, it, no, took up a challenge. It was it there. Okay, I should build my own. Okay, watch me. Put $7 billion. And say, guys, where's the rest? Everything we need is, is it 17 or 19 billion. So let's walk. Now we're in 2022. They are opening the tap. And then you know poor people. Sometimes poverty and unrighteousness the same thing. What do I mean? The nurse are looking. Eh? Come on, you're helping him. So who is helping you? Your God that has no power. Just be angry. You know what the spirit is saying? No need to get angry. You too look. Get angry over something good. I hope I get my point. Say, I don't like the way this thing is. God, help me. Then I will show you that the help of God is greater than the help of man. That's what I mean. We just sit there every day, be angry. You know, God wants to use them. Listen, God wants to use you. Bow your heads, please. Let me close this meeting now. Please, we'll continue what we wanted to do. But we need to cleanse iniquity from this land. But this is the word of God for today that I have just brought. Now, you have a minute, pray. Very quiet under your breath. I don't want any noise. You are meditating. You are asking the Lord. First of all, remind him again, Lord, because we prayed last time. Remind him again, say, Lord, I want it. Not for myself, but so that I will be a blessing. I want it. I want the nation. On behalf of the church, say, Lord, give us Nigeria. Call the name of the country. We are Christians here. We are speaking on behalf of the body of Christ. It's our school of prayer. We are learning what to do, what to pray for. Say, Lord, we ask you for it. Give us, we, your people, give us the nation. We are not, we are not yielding it to anybody. We're asking for the whole country, every level of government. They will fear Jesus. Every segment of industry, 
of the economy. Lord, we, your people, will want it. Every geographical area, every local government, every council, every state, the federal capital territory, the north, the south, the east, the west, we want it. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your own name, give glory. So not for us, are we asking, but for the sake of the glory of the Son of God. We declare, we activate the prophetic word in scripture over this land that says the earth is the Lord's and everything it contains, we activate it. Then in prayer, activate it. Repeat that again and again and switch the earth for Nigeria. Switch the earth for Nigeria. Say the earth is the Lord. Instead of that, say Nigeria is the Lord's and all it contains. Because you see, once it says the earth, every part of it, each part of the earth he has given to some people. This is our own. This is our own. So we activate the ownership of Jesus over this land. In prayer, we activate the ownership of Jesus over this land. Say Nigeria is the Lord's. And everything it contains. Mention those things. The mountains. The rivers. The mineral ores. The crude oil. The buildings. The roads. The red lines. The airspace. The airspace through which aeroplanes fly. The space above that. Into which spacecraft fly. This nation is the Lord's. And everything it contains. The animals in the bush, the ones on the farms, everything it contains, everything it contains. Say, Lord, we claim it for Jesus. He said, ask of me and I will give the nations to you as your inheritance. So in agreement with Jesus, he said, if the two officials agree as touching anything, Jesus is in heaven, we are on earth. Now we come into agreement with him, making one full body. And we say, Father, give us this nation. Now, second prayer point. Pray for yourself. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's a prayer that Paul prayed when Jesus called him. Ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's an important prayer. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? What did you ordain me to do? What did you prepare power for me to do? What did you prepare for me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Here I am. Send me. Pray like that. Into that harvest field. Send me. Where do I sow? You know, he said, restore our captivity, O Lord, as streams renew the desert. And then he said, he that sows in tears shall reap with joy. So, Lord, where do I sow? Lead me in the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Yeah, it's an important prayer. Say, Lord, lead me in the path of righteousness. Lead me into the place where I'm supposed to sow. Lord, lead me into the place where I'm supposed to sow. I'm going to sow somewhere, Lord, lead me there. Again, I yield my members as instruments of righteousness. Say, Lord, here I am, send me. 
Say, Lord, here I am, send me. He said, here I am, send me. Say that to the Lord again and again. Anoint me. Fill me with the Spirit. Here I am, Lord, send me. Father, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. The Lord is good. You know, my initial plan was to continue from where we stopped last time, which was to, or which is to begin to declare so as to cleanse iniquity out of the land. We will not start that now because um, we have spent quite a bit of time, but like I said, I'd hope that the Lord will grant that to us today, but he said he ruled otherwise. Hopefully we'll get there before we finish this particular series. But remember this, let's just read this particular scripture. And then we will be done with it. Second Peter chapter 3. I read from verse 8. Peter here was explaining that some people will be mocking, not believing that some things promised will happen. Lena commented from verse 8, but not, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That is, those who have been saying this will not happen. Say, note this. It's going to happen that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will be burned up. Since all these things are, are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness as you look for and hasten the coming of the day of the Lord? He said, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to his promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now, this is what we have been looking at. We cannot uh, continue that now. I just wanted to remind us of it. Then I continue next time. And we are preaching specifically to this nation, Nigeria, in this season. That the great man of God, the prophet of God, came and he gave a word in, 1930, in 1986. A word that has been fulfilled partly. In which he said, number one, this is your nation worldwide will be known for corruption. We stink. The name everywhere. We stink. He now said, but then it will come to pass that that tide will be turned. Things will change so much that the nation will be known for righteousness. That from different parts of the world, people will come and say, mm, let us follow you to go and learn righteousness. And we are saying, just like Paul, uh, Peter was explaining to us here, before that, he said, so essentially we are looking for a new nation. He said, before that day of the new nation, there's going to be the coming of the day of God, in which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements, that's the earth now, will melt with intense heat. That is, before a new day comes, there is the day of God that clears the road for a new day. And we said we have a path to activate that one. And that's what I wanted to do today before. But, of course, things went the way it did. Maybe God will give us the grace again, like I said last time, 
to be able to do it next time. All we are going to do is to call, because Paul, Peter said, we can hasten that day. We can, we can. And I feel very strongly that as a people, we need to do it in this nation now. We have been praying wrongly. Well, okay, let me use the expression. Incompletely for a long time. We have not accepted to invoke that day of the Lord with our prayer. Because actually it's not a nice day. It's a day of divine judgment. It's a day in which God will uproot all his enemies. And what God said here, if you see what Paul said, Peter was saying, okay, is that for it to come, it appears slow because it's the day of judgment and God does not want any to perish. Are you getting my point? So he's waiting for people to repent. And I want to say to us again, he's counting the number of repentant souls. And it's something that everybody will need to rush in. The kingdom of God is preached. And people do what? They press into it. So I want to talk about the warfare of righteousness. The warfare of holiness. Don't forget it. It is one way by which we activate the coming of the day of the Lord. Because once you begin to pray it, okay? Whether you see, whether you like it or not, if you are the one that prayed itself, and you are not ready for it, it will carry you away. I don't know what, I, what, what, what if I'm going to make there. So all of us need to set our lives right. So we can, when we get involved in praying, because that day will come. It will. It will come. But it's not a nice day. It's a day of judgment. It's a day in which God has to uproot evil. If you go and read Jeremiah chapter 1, when God spoke to Jeremiah, he said, see, I have, let me just read it. He said, this day I have put my words in your mouth. He said to Jeremiah, what you are going to do, there are four things Jeremiah was, six things Jeremiah was supposed to do. In verse 7, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. Because everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Now look at the things he said you should speak. Verse 9. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. Six things he was supposed to do. Number one. Read out loud for me. Number one. I'm in verse 10. Jeremiah chapter 1. Number one, let's go back again. He's supposed to do six things, right? Yes, now let's count them one by one. Number one? Destroy. Number two? Destroy. Number three? Destroy. Number four? Destroy. Two. Now let's go back again. Number one, to pluck up. Two, to break down. Three, to destroy. And then four, to overthrow. Then the last two, to build and plant. That's how it works. Before God builds and plants, he first does what? Plucks up, destroys, overthrows, and what? Four things. And break down. And that's what activation of prophecy requires. You have to say, Lord, pluck up. See, listen. In this country, injustice will disappear. Amen. Wickedness will disappear. Amen. You know what they call bribery and corruption? It will come to pass that corrupt people will go to prison. And righteous people will be promoted. Let's give a lot of thanks for today. Say, Lord, we thank you.